Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Avsdiz podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, our first player review and preview edition. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And today we are going to start with the man himself, Nathan McKinnon, the heart heard of the Avalanche's he's offense. Pretty good. He's pretty good. He's pretty Last good. we checked. Last we checked, Nathan McKinnon, pretty decent player and is entering the final year of his contract this season. But before we jump into that, we're going to look at what he did last season and in the playoffs and give him a grade. We're going to be doing this for every single Avalanche player who played for the team last season. Not like there's really any new additions that we really need to talk about all that much, regardless but we're going to be doing it from everyone on every line, starting with the offense and going down to the defense later today. We're starting with the man himself, Nathan McKinnon, who had himself a very interesting season last year. I would say that's a good way to put it. When you look at it as a whole, you're you kind of just go, Oh yeah. Like he, typical Nathan McKinnon stuff. But then you dig deeper into like the, the streaks that happen, the injuries that happened. And it really tells a different story of how, good he was at the end of the season yeah because we all kind of forget he started the season hurt a lot of the time and we went into january when he had three goals on the entire season and people were talking about like oh nathan mckinn he's just just not that good this year (laughs) meanwhile me and you were talking about all season long how this is absolutely unsustainable how he is three goals right now he is shooting at like a solid two percent which is a solid 10% below his career average. He's going to hop back up. And you came on the show and predicted he's still going to hit 30 goals by the end of the season. And you were right. One of the few times I'm ever right in my life. Um, So I I wish I could have made a bet on it on DraftKings, but sadly I could not. Um, But yeah, like you said, his shooting percentage going into January was 
3%, 2%. And if you look at it at the end of the regular season, he ended up at 11%. So he shot up almost 8% over the final three and a half months of the regular season. And once again, due to injuries or COVID or something, Nathan McKinnon has still not tallied 100 points in the regular season. He's been close a couple of times, um, but COVID injuries, all that stuff has really kind of um, stopped Nathan McKinnon from hitting the 100-point plateau. Yeah, I mean, when you really look at his last couple of seasons, there has been some massive factors getting in the way of him scoring 100. The the year he should have won MVP over Taylor Hall in 2018, he scored 97 points, then 99 points the next year. Then another year he should have won MVP over Drysdale. He had 93 points in 69 games. Last year in the shortened season, he had 65 points in 48 games. And this season, he had 88 points in 65 games, 32 goals. He would have hit 110 points if he played all 82 games last year. It's it's just it's one of those funny stats that we'll look back on and be like, how the fuck did Nathan McKinnon not hit 100 points? And then you just list off all those factors and you go, oh, that's right. In the 2019-2020 season, it got COVID, shut down the whole league. He was seven points away. Um, And 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 let's not forget that season, everybody was hurt. Yeah. Everyone and their mother was hurt except for Nathan McKinnon on that team. And he was still putting up the absurd numbers that he did. And we forget that it was – that season that Andre Burakovsky was first here, he was the next closest guy on offense to McKinnon. And it was like a 40 point difference. I don't have that like in front of me, but it was like McKinnon was at 90 something and Burakovsky was like 50 something. But the abs are a juggernaut. So that's why they, that's why he didn't get it. Even though the stat you just listed off is uh reason we're not going to get into a whole tirade about how McKinnon should have two MVPs. But I've, I've done that like six times on this show. Yeah. We've done it a lot. We're, we're extre- extremely biased abs fans, but, um, going back to this season, you mentioned the 32 goals. Um, you mentioned the 56 assists for 88 points. For me, like maybe it's just because I hold Nathan McKinnon to such a high standard. I think this may have been a little bit of a down year for him. And that's if that's his down year is 88 points in 65 games, give me that all day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's without a doubt that early in the season, he was dealing with a lot of injuries. He couldn't start the season on time because he had COVID for the first couple of games. He didn't play until I believe what was it, game three or four against Washington. And he plays till the end of October, both games against Columbus. And he's out for a month. Then he starts to rack up a bunch of assists, picks up two goals. We, we talk about December, like it was a down month. He did not go a game without a point until January 10th. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, if you look at the stats for this year and you look at the injuries, you go, this was kind of a down year for Nathan McKinnon. And and then, I'm, you, and then you really look at like his game log and you're like, oh no, it wasn't. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon yeah. was, if he wasn't in and out of the lineup and wasn't on the juggernaut avalanche, would definitely have gotten some kind of heart consideration. He Like he always should, because he is a top five player in the NHL. And I feel like he kind of got forgot about in that conversation this season, which is crazy considering he just won a Stanley cup. But all we hear about is Matthews, McDavid, and now McCarr in that conversation too. We'll get to him in an entirely different edition. But like you even hear dry still up in there still, and he deserves to be, I feel like there's, I, I feel like I've talked about this a little in the past that McKinnon, he, he seems like the kind of guy who can pay attention to stuff like that. And I think yes. there's going to be a, 
an awakening next season as to just how dominant Nathan McKinnon is compared right. to everyone else still. Like, because you mentioned it, like, Kale McCarr, the reason why McKinnon's gotten a little bit pushed to the back burner is because Kale McCarr's ascended into a top five player in the world. Right, and, and, and McCarr basically played all of last season. Yeah, and McKinnon is also a top five player in the world. The Avs just so happen to have two of the top five players in the world on their team. Um, so I completely agree with you. I, I think next season, uh, Nathan McKinnon could have an MVP season just to be like, oh, hey, don't forget about me. Um, I'm also still a uh, top five player in the world without question. Yeah, Arguably I, top three when he's on his game. Yeah, I mean, MVP conversation, I don't think McKinnon or McCarr are ever going to win it just because of the fact that both of them exist on the same team, which sucks because they're two of the best players in the world. But it's just something we're going to have to get used to with the both of them. They're going to have these incredibly dominant seasons. And if there is literally any debate that they are the MVP of the league, they're not going to get it. It's that yeah. simple. They have to be heads and shoulders above everybody else and even then if they're both doing it neither of them will win it yeah i agree it's just we punish player we punish teams for being good and we punish the players on the good teams for the fact that they just benefit from the fact that they have good players on their team that made zero sense what i said but um that, that's the truth you, you rarely see the um the mvp go to who actually was the most valuable player Right. I mean, it's, and it is hard to argue that McDavid doesn't deserve it year over year. And Matthew oh, yeah. was excellent last season, probably to deserve it there too. Guys like Shesterkin definitely are deserve to be in that conversation, but it's hard to argue that McKinnon's not getting left out at this point. Yeah. I, I would completely agree with that. Um, he, he, he is, and always will be in probably until the final years here in Colorado, one of the best players in the world. And it is quite like, would you consider his story like his arc like an interesting one? Because when he first came into the league, wins Calder, Calder of the Year. Um, and then he kind of has a couple down years after that. And then all of a sudden, after the Matt Duchesne trade in 2017, 2018, he just takes the fuck off. Um, it, it's one of the more interesting arcs, I feel like, because I think after he won the Calder, I think some people were ready to call him a bust, especially after a 38 point season. A 52-point yeah. season, a 53-point season. Yeah, because it seemed like for a, a while there, especially when the team was garbage, he plateaued for a little bit. He had the 38-point season in his sophomore year. Like, sophomore slumps can be a real thing. And then he had a 52- and 53-point season. And the team was the worst team we've ever seen in the salary cap era. And he was on year one of the $6.3 million contract that people were saying at that point was too much. Literally next season... MVP runner-up yep it's it, you usually don't see that from players sometimes but getting Bednar into the organization and giving him the role that he deserves I'm not saying trading Matt Duchesne did that but McKinnon is the kind of guy maybe it did but like McKinnon is the kind of guy that flourishes when you give him an increased role and you trust him and his skill set so yeah a lot of that really did end up working in his favor and now here we are talking about like, oh, he had 88 points last season. Oh, I know he was hurt, but, you know, maybe a little bit of a down year by his standards. And you look at his game log, there's barely games where he had zero points ever. He's more than a point per game player. He is so fucking good. Um, and the fact he got to 30 goals was impressive. I, I really think I really think next year he could get 40. I, I don't think that's out of the question. If he stays healthy, I really don't see how he doesn't eclipse 100 points i'm talking like 110 115 kind of area and 40 goals 
not at all out of the question. The way he was scoring towards the end of the season, like there was that point in March and April, and especially in February, where this guy just would not stop scoring. We would. I honestly thought maybe he'll get to 40, and then the Avs kind of took their foot off the gas at the last couple weeks of the regular season, rested some guys. But um, I really think 40 goals is not out of the question. Uh, his injuries, I mean, the one with Matt Dumbo where he fought him, like that I was kind of predictable. I'm forgetting, what was his other injury this year? What didn't he have? Yeah, that's true. Like he was he just lower body hurt. thing going on, right? Yeah, I mean, is the stuff going on lower body? I think he had like he hurt his hand at a certain point too. Like there was just always something bugging him at a certain point. And it just kept getting in the way of him just getting on these streaks and everything. He would come back, take a second to adjust and get on a hot streak again, miss a couple of games. Cause he was never really out for an extended period of time outside of November. It was like a game or two every couple of weeks. Well, do you think that's also kind of, I think the abs realize that the load management, I hate to use an NBA term, but if you don't need Nathan McKinnon to play all 82 games, you can give him a night off here and there, not have him play a back-to-back. I, I think that's an invaluable thing that the abs have the luxury to do. Not a lot of teams can do that. Yeah. So if he's not a hundred percent, why bring him back if he's not hundred percent? And I know Nathan McKinnon probably wants to play all 82 games, but I'd rather have a healthy Nathan McKinnon in the playoffs than game 62 of the regular season. Yeah, well, I mean, imagine if we did try to push him through all those injuries he had in the regular season, he plays those games. He was still incredibly hurt in the playoffs and still had one of the, I feel like quietest dominant playoff runs we've seen in a little while. We talked about with Kale McCarr, if Kale McCarr didn't have 28 points, uh, Nathan McKinnon's the walkaway consmite trophy winner. Yeah. Like, I- because in the playoffs, McCarr dominated the conversation. McKinnon was unbelievable, like especially against Nashville, and especially against Edmonton. And in the Tampa series, he was really hurt. And people were like, oh, he hasn't scored a goal in this many games. And he looks like Tampa's starting to get to like there's there was all sorts of narratives surrounding him, which is it's weird because usually you see guys win. And people will be like, oh, they're they're a winner now and everything. And I feel like instead of McKinnon getting ragged on, he's just kind of been ignored. I don't know if that makes I, any sense. I think that's but. a good assumption. Like, he did get a little bit of heat. I think it was, what, going into game four against the Lightning? Mm-hmm. He hadn't scored, and that's when really it was kind of like, okay, we need yeah, McKinnon. He had, two, he had two points in the series. He was a minus two the game before. And one of those games was the one we won seven to nothing. And like, oh, he didn't score in that game. You know, what's going on with McKinnon? Then he scores a goal in game four and he scores in game six. Yep. Scores a tying goal in game six. I just to look at his playoff as a whole, uh, he ended up tying Evander Kane for most goals in the playoffs. That pretty damn good. That really, that really doesn't get talked about, does it? The no. fact that McKinnon had the most goals in the playoffs. No, it doesn't get talked about. And it's not like I wouldn't say it's a bad thing, but you just no. look at what McCarr did in the playoffs, and Kale McCarr was the most valuable player in the playoffs. Let's face it, it's it's why we won. We had a player as good as Nathan McKinnon was in the playoffs, and he wasn't even the best one. Yeah. I mean, if you if Kale McCarr didn't exist and the Avs won that series, you think it, it has to be McKinnon winning Con Smythe, right? It, it, yeah, McKinnon wins it in the runaway. Well, Nachushkin mm-hmm. would have had a case for it too, but you give yeah. it to McKinnon. The, the yeah. voters give it to McKinnon. Yeah, I agree. So he's continuing his playoff dominance. He is one of the best playoff performers in the NHL as of right now. Now that he has a cup, you can make that case that and the, the numbers best. support not just in the league, historically all yeah. time, one of the best playoff performers we've ever seen. 
and he he's he struggled against Ryan O'Reilly, who's one of the best defensive forwards in the league. But even in that series, McKinnon was still a huge factor. And then Anthony Sorelli, before he got hurt, was doing a good job against McKinnon too. But I still think he provided a ton to the Avs, and he's a huge reason why we ended up winning the Cup. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if you don't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Even though hockey's over, there is still plenty to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, and best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. You point out the St. Louis series. There was only two games in that series. He didn't have a point. Games four and six and in game five he did everything he could to to try to drag that team to a series win with the hat trick and four points i mean that was like a replay if we were to time travel back to like 20 like 17 mckinnon where he had to do that for the team to win now he doesn't have to do that because the team's so good but that that game that game five it sucks that the abs lost that game because we lose out on one of the most historical closeout game performances in a playoff series yeah, like the, that goal that he scored that almost killed me like that, like that was that would have been like a legacy goal, like something that just gets played on his highlight reel to the end of time. That's one of the sacrifices we had of losing that game is that just kind of gets lost that incredible performance that he had. And, you know, it sucks, but it happens, unfortunately. Yeah, we still won the cup, so I mean, it, it's right. It, it's like back it, 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 it dulls it a lot when you win the next game in the series and then you win the cup a month later. Yeah, I mean, he was just a man amongst all boys in the playoffs. I mean, if you go back to the Nashville series, the first two minutes of game one, he scores a goal. And it's like, okay, uh, McKinnon's here to play. Um, that Nashville so- series was not fair. Yeah, it was not fair. I mean, the Avs were just so much better than Nashville. Um, but, I mean, I, I've i come to expect this with McKinnon. It's almost – I think that's the level he's set for himself now with his point per game in the playoffs that if he goes a couple games without scoring, you're like, what the fuck's wrong with him? Because he's just that good in the playoffs. The standard is held higher for guys like Nathan McKinnon in the playoffs. Right. And he's delivered in every which way. And we talked about the fact that he was clearly hurt as the playoffs went on as well. And he was still doing everything that he could. And now he has a Stanley cup. He has established as a winner. I mean, he got a lot of flack because of the Zadorov stuff last year. He's like, Oh, be this guy's toxic and whatever. It works now. So he can't even criticize it anymore. So now we look ahead to next season. McKinnon, he would have hit 110 points last year, if not for injuries. He was 
outstanding in the playoffs, wins the Stanley Cup. What can we expect from him next season, especially now that the the burden has kind of been lifted off of his legacy? Yeah, I just based off his previous seasons, I want to give a hot take and say he gets 120 points, but I think we're asking too much right there. I would be happy with, I think he's going to get 112 points. I mean, we're all, that's only eight more points. It's, it's yeah. not that out of the question. Yeah, I'm going to say 112 and 43 goals, and then whatever the math is for assists after that. I'm going to say 100. If 100... We're, if we're halfway through the season and we're talking about is McKinnon going to get 50, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, without a doubt. I, th- I think he's going to be unbelievable next year, especially if he stays consistently healthy because any any prediction you ever make can be derailed by any sort of hit and any sort of lingering injury that can persist throughout the season. If he stays completely healthy, there's no reason for him not to not only hit 100 points to go well over. I think he hits 115 with 38 goals. Just a little just a little short of 40, but I think he's going to be involved on just about everything. And if the Avs, let's face it, if they don't address the second line center thing, this this could age poorly because we are this is all being recorded at once. So maybe by the time you're listening, this one's going to come out pretty early, so it, it'll probably be fine at that point. But they might address it by the time you're listening to this, that small chance, but Nazem Kadri is probably gone at this point. Yep. It seems like they're either going to put Rantanen down there, new hook or comfort or something like that up. There's going to be a little more, I don't want to say pressure, but responsibility on McKinnon without Nazem Kadri on a hundred point pace to take some of the burden off of him. I think he's going to deliver on that fully and he's going to get a lot of those bigger minutes as well. 115 points. I I think that's just easy for him. I mean, that's a good guess. I mean, especially if the abs don't um, address that second line center, which who knows that could be a mid season thing. Um, might be tomorrow. It might be at the deadline. Be, who knows? But I, I think 43 goals and 112 points just seems like it'll be good just to have him get a hundred points and maybe he'll get some MVP buzz. But if Connor McDavid has another 130 points, whatever the fuck he has, I mean, it's, it's going to be, um, and interesting, I, I don't think him McKinnon going for the heart is out of the question next year. I think all. he's going to be even more motivated now. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's like we talked about. He has an uphill battle with getting the heart because he could have more points than McDavid. It's it's just that that really doesn't matter with this yeah. because he has Kale McCarr and he has Miko Rantanen. He has Landis Scott. He has all these guys on his team. And it feels like only then does the, well, is he the most valuable player? Like that's really the only time that conversation ever comes into play, which is unfortunate, but it's nothing really anybody can do about it. No, there's not much you can do about it, but I really think he's going to establish himself back into that. Um, he never left the top five conversation, but it's going to be like, oh yeah, Nathan McKinnon is still really fucking it's good. It's like, oh, the, oh, the abs have both McCarr and McKinnon yeah. who are arguably two and three in the NHL yeah. kind of yeah. thing. It's going to be crazy. And it, we, you talked about he's entering the final year of his contract. There's going to be an extension announced. It could be a month from now. It could be who knows when. Yeah, it could, I be, would guess it before could be tomorrow. Camp. It could be before training camp. It could be after next season ends. Yeah. Like it's, it's just the kind way. of thing where we've heard, yeah, we've heard absolutely nothing. Yeah. And those are the kind of things where it's hard to hear rumors about because they, they happen so quietly. But this and is the, the apps fun. are just known. They they don't let stuff get out of the room. Right. 
contract yeah. stuff from the abs never gets out. The only thing you ever hear about the abs is from other teams when yeah. stuff from their side gets out. But no matter what, this is the final year of having McKinnon at $6.3 million. And next season, Eric Johnson is going to be up. You're probably sending that $6 million right up to McKinnon. It is going to get a little harder to field a team. Oh, yeah. It's going to be more difficult to field this same uber competitive team year over year with your superstar making double his current contract. It's, it's a, going to be difficult, but that just makes winning the cup this year even more right. like, okay, at least they did this once because it is going to get significantly harder. I still think McKinnon's not going to gouge the abs, but he's going to get paid. He's going to get by, paid. And I've talked not about not getting gouged. It's like right. 14 million a year. He's he'll take 12. <laughs> right. And like, I've talked about cap percentage and everything. Like if, if he takes 12 and a half, which is the same contract Connor McDavid's on, Technically, he's taking up less of a cap percentage than McDavid did. So you st- you still have to factor that into yep. to contract talks as well. And plus, I just don't think this is a super easy conversation to have right now. His value is incredibly high because they just won the Stanley Cup and everything. It just depends on how much he's willing to give again because he get, he gave last time. He gave up some of the prime earning years of his career as a top five player in the world at second line center money it's crazy like you talk we talked about the story arc of him going from um wow that contract was bad the holy shit this is the greatest contract in professional sports history like it's crazy so i i really don't think he's gonna gouge us but i, I do think 12.5 just give him up to mcdavid is probably where he'll end up at yeah i mean he's it's gonna be fair. for once the highest paid player on the team right for one. it's it's only fair i mean yeah. The Jonathan Huberto just got 10 and a half and Nathan yeah. McKinnon's worth $2 million more than Jonathan Huberto in, in my personal, definitely not at all biased opinion, but. Well, and I, I think many people would agree with that too. Huberto's on the wrong, he's going to be on the wrong side of 30. Exactly. Uh, like McKinnon still has a ton of prime years left and you have a cup contender that just won a cup. So he's going to sign. It depends how much he signs for. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see, but um, yeah, I mean, because I also think if like if for whatever reason they wait until next season, it's not going to get any cheaper. No, it could get even worse. Because what like what are we just saying? 115 points, Stanley Cup favorites again. Heart consideration. If anything, if you don't get this done now, it might go up. So it might go up. He might he might be like, well, hey, this could be it. But and if the salary cap keeps going up, that contract could age even more gracefully. Right. I mean, because we're what two three years into this like cap freeze that we're on right now we're gonna get two three more years a million dollar increases until maybe we get that big jump up to like 92 million or something like that the abs are good at cap management i'm really not that worried about this and the eventual problems it could cause just because they're smart and they know how to handle the organization they've got good young talent they can plug in if need be so I don't think it's that big a deal. They'll take care of it and we'll just kind of forget about it. Star players deserve to get paid, especially the ones that win. Yes. And there's, we'll, we'll preface this abs fans. Nathan McKinnon's not going to wear anything other than no. an abs sweater. That would probably be the biggest free agent to ever walk. I'm sure I'm obviously missing one, but. Well, I mean, Tavares was probably what the last one. I yeah, mean, Tavares, Tavares was the last one. You had Goodrow this off season as well, but you kind of, Kind of seemed like that one was coming for a little yeah. bit. Tavares too, but 
no offense to those guys. They're not Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. And McKinnon's not going to leave a team that could potentially go back to back. Like that's, that's just not going to happen. Right. And the, There's and no the abs are going to pay him. If, if McKinnon is going to be a stickler and ask for 14 million, it's not like the abs would be like, no, that's $2 million too much. Get the fuck out. Like they're yeah. going to pay him. They're going, they're going to pay him. It's, yes. it's just a matter of when does it happen? So, um, let, let's wrap up this uh, this player review here. What is your grade for Nathan McKinnon um, playoffs and regular season? I'd say before January, I'd have him at a B minus. Bunch yeah. of injuries, low shooting percentage, but still playing well. It just the dam was going to burst at some point. Uh, I don't know how at the end of the season you give him anything less than an A. I would argue A plus. Because he, he was the second. <laughs> this sounds so weird to say about Nathan again. He was the second best player on a cup winning team. Right. Mike, I'm only I'm Mike. only saying A because there is one player I would give an unequivocal A plus to, and we already know, we already all know the answer to yeah. that. I would the I, I agree with you there, but those are my two players like that I'm going to give an A plus to. That's just let's just be frank. And we're, we're like, also we're also saying that before we've even really thought about the other grades yet so there might be more a pluses we just oh have yeah this grading scale is going to look so bad yeah. by the time this preview is over but and review but as of right now a plus um second best player on a cup winning team battled injuries and still put up 88 points right I mean, you can't ask for much more out of nathan 110 point pace was going to be well over 40 goals if he stayed completely healthy was a dominant force in the playoffs on stack team lifts the stanley cup and still has room to go up from here. That's crazy to think about. That is really crazy to think about, but it wouldn't shock me in the least if that, if we're talking about Nathan McKinnon in three years being like, Oh, he's like a three time Stanley cup champion. And um, he's, I mean, he's on pace to hit a thousand points in what uh, the next three and a half years. Yeah. I mean, he's at 648 points right now. He's over a point per game in his career. Like in the next four, five years it's not crazy to talk about a thousand points already yeah i was it five five years from now pace for three yeah if you can use his pace for three and a half years i mean you're talking at a, a thousand points right there yeah i mean five years from now he'll be 32 years old i mean for for players of mckinnon's caliber that's usually the point where they do hit a thousand yeah and i mean he could if he goes bonkers in a couple of years it could be earlier than that but just based off of where he's been and the consistency he's shown since 27 2017 and 2018 I at three and a half years is when he's going to hit a thousand points. And that is crazy to think about because it still feels like McKinnon is so young and he's only been in the league for a minute, but we're going on what year nine right now. Yeah. He's going to be 27 next month. It's crazy. That is crazy. But yeah, for Nathan McKinnon, a plus you give him an a don't judge our grading skill as we go on later in this, uh, preview because it will be it'll make zero sense it's gonna make zero sense i will give one hot take i think next season for nathan mckinnon will hold up as the best season of his career is magnum opus i like that 27 years old post cup there's no second line center to really back him up or take anything off of him i think he's gonna be unbelievable this season it's gonna hold up as his best well and if you're talking about contract year too so it's like, what they, it's what the ads do in contract years. They fucking light it up. So McKinnon, yep. 115, 120 points plus. Guess we'll have to see. Who says no? Who says no? 
But I, oh, that's a good take. I like that one. I really hope that ages greatly when we're doing this again next year. And wow. you'll be able to be like, remember when I talked on this day during our player review of, I said McKinnon was going to have his greatest year of all time. And uh, you were right. So. Well, I'm, not, I'm not just saying like yet. I'm saying this will be Nathan McKinnon's magnum opus. I like it. I like it. That's a big word too, man. That was a big word. I, I mean, it's like a moderate word at best, yeah, but yeah. It's a big word for my tiny brain, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, uh, should we, uh, should we, should we call it quits here while we end on that high note? <laughs> yep. Cause we got to keep these episodes at least somewhat structured and we're, yes. we're, we're going to get better at these as these go oh, on. This, this was our first attempt at doing this, but this was our preview and review of Nathan McKinnon's last season and next season. Next up, we are going to be talking about his wingman, Miko Rantanen, and what next season could hold in store for him. Because will he still be a winger for Nathan McKinnon, or is he going to be his sidekick at second line center? Or are we going to be talking about Rantanen at all at sidekick? Is he going to take over and really break into that elite conversation that McKinnon's in as well? Oh, I like it. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in to our first preview review of the Avalanche you want to follow us on twitter you can follow me at g young's nhl you can follow christian at christian underscore belay and you can follow the show at tell it abs it is use promo code tell it abs it is on SeatGeek for 20 dollars off your first order of 50 dollars or more especially now that single game tickets are on sale now for the avalanche best possible way to support the show but that's going to do it for our first preview and we will see you all in just a few days with miko ranton but until then Let's go abs.